Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. And today, we're diving back into the archives, looking at your favorite player's favorite player, Trace McGrady. We're going to take a look through his sneaker catalog, see what he was working with, talk about some of the highlights, and just reminisce about one of the golden ages of sneakers, especially for Adidas basketball. So, with that being said, I hope you enjoy today's episode, and let's get into it. Tracy McGrady, one of the greatest what-if players we've ever seen in the NBA. And before we dive into his sneaker history, I just want to give a quick shout-out and background to his career in the league and what transpired throughout the longevity of his career. He was drafted ninth overall out of high school to Toronto, who went on to eventually become a seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA two-time NBA scoring champ and the most improved player. One of the most fascinating things about someone with such a Hall of Fame career and current Hall of Famer is that he was relatively unknown in high school until Sonny Vaccaro used his platform and invited him to the big ABCD camps that used to go on before social media was spreading around who the best player in each area was. But Even in being invited to that camp, he was the last one to be invited. He was number 175. They gave him 175 as the last player to come and play against the top dogs out of the entire country, all of high school. In that camp, from his performance to how well he played, he came out the number one player in the country. The hype had risen through the roof. You know that's right. Then he gets drafted. Rookie year in Toronto was very tough. Very little playing time. And you could say in some regards, he may have been a little depressed, a little overwhelmed as a young 18, 19 year old out of the country. He was sleeping somewhere up to 20 hours a day in some occasions, just trying to go about his life and live with those expectations that had been set to where now he's not playing very much. Then Toronto drafts his cousin, Vince Carter. They play together in Toronto for a while. T-Mac is starting to get some minutes, but Vince Carter is becoming the star in Toronto, and T-Mac hasn't been too happy with that career so far. So then he heads down to Orlando, probably the pinnacle of his career in a lot of cases. But once again, no real deep playoff runs, struggling with injuries. And then he heads off to Houston in this scenario, continues to see some injuries, and then in the latter half of his career, bounces around through multiple teams, plays overseas in China, and eventually retires in 2013. The most fascinating thing and makes him one of the greatest what-if players of all time is that he was never able to complete a full 82-game season, either early on in his career, that wasn't getting a lot of playing time, wasn't playing, or it was the injuries. He had severe back spasms. He had severe elbow strain. He had to have arthroscopic surgery on his left knee. All of these things occurred into this out of this world talent that even Kobe Bryant said was one of the best players he ever played against. And if the injuries had never occurred, may have been better than Kobe. Never got to see those deep playoff runs because of the inconsistency in trying to get back into rhythm after you get hurt in the NBA. But eventually becomes that Hall of Famer some of the greatest highlights in NBA history. You can find those on YouTube, but you're here for the shoes. So we're going to jump right into Tracy McGrady's sneaker catalog, his signature sneakers. He played with a variety throughout his time in the league, but these are specifically T-Mac models that we're going to touch on here. So out of high school, 
C-Mac had really contemplated going to Kentucky, but his high school coach had pulled him aside and said, take a seat, listen to what I have to say, the news I've been told, before you make your decision to commit to Kentucky. Adidas is at the door, and they're offering you a six-year, $12 million deal if you go into the NBA, your shoe deal. Right. And this is obviously with the turn of events this year where athletes can start getting paid for their likeness and for their image. This wasn't happening. That's why people were going straight out of high school to the NBA was to make that generational wealth that was occurring. And Adidas was right there from the jump saying, we want you on our roster. Adidas sees some space, wants to pick up the next talent, this kid who's exploding on the scene, and that's Tracy McGrady. And T-Mac had been wearing Adidas throughout high school. He wore the three stripes as far back as his junior year in high school, so before he was even on the radar. A pair of top 10 2000s, a very bulky, rubberized, heavy basketball shoe. And if you know 90s basketball, 90s Adidas, those things were trying to be very futuristic, but if you look back, those things were absolute tanks. But that's what T-Mac was playing in at the time. So when he comes to Toronto, it starts in the big Adidas feet you wear era. And so from 1997 to 2000, during this time of maybe pinnacle Adidas basketball, you may argue today it's gotten a little bit bigger, but I don't know if it had the same cultural impact that Adidas did at the time in the competitive landscape. He was seen wearing the Adidas Real Deal, the Adidas Silk, the KB8, the Kobe Bryant 8, the second model and the three model of those. And he also showed an iteration later on of the first T-Mac logo on the Adidas Lithicon Player Edition, which essentially was a T, a 1, a capital M, and then almost like a fraction, an A over a C. So T1 Mac for his number. Logo creation has gone a long way, but it may have been heavily influenced by T-Mac. Because that first logo, even though it's an iteration, you see this crazy jump to one of the most iconic logos in all of sneakers with his current logo. So eventually when he makes it into Orlando, 2002 is where we begin the T-Mac era of signatures. This is when T-Mac signs a lifetime deal with Adidas. Huge money. Regardless of the time frame, that's a ton of money for an NBA player, and it was one of very few lifetime contracts you were seeing at the time. And that's also when we announce the T-Mac 1. So the T-Mac 1 is made of this molded synthetic upper, a perforated toe pattern, this durable shell toe, and it comes out in the Orlando colorway, which is black with the blue shell toe and the blue stripe coming from the toe. And it was an absolute hit at the time. People loved the shoe not only for performance, but for aesthetic. Shoes weren't extremely flashy quite yet. They're still made to be performly on the court. But now we're starting to experiment with colors. And the way that this shell toe stood out and the way they had modernized this shell toe with the blue toe really caught the eyes of the league, the players, and fans alongside his amazing highlights. Though the aesthetic is relatively minimal compared to how futuristic 90s Adidas tried to be, it still hit all the spots for a performance sneaker on and off the court. And where it really stood out was in the 2002 All-Star game, T. 
T-Mac decides to throw a lob to himself off the backboard and this silver and black pair look like the Black Widow and throw it down in the All-Star game, thus bringing more hype to the name. The eye-popping silver is caught by the cameras and people are flooding to the store to get these shoes to be like T-Mac. And he was the only one to do what's coming. Look at him go through four or five guys and posters. And then 2003 rolls around. You get the T Mac 2, a pretty efficient, I would call, upgrade to the first model. It wasn't anything crazy in terms of style differences or necessarily tech, but they did introduce the Adiprene to provide control along with a new torsion system for the way T Mac was moving. And so instead of the bold shell toe, they gave it the three stripes and the stripes going from the toe without the blatant toe colorway coming through. And this is another iconic shoe where we got to see the same All-Star game in 2003 with Kobe and Jordan, T-Max on the floor. There's a great photo of T-Mac and Kobe, mirror images, East versus West, where Kobe's actually wearing the Jordan 3, and T-Mac is wearing this all-red, flashy pair of T-Mac 2s, where they had those white and red jerseys with the stars on the side. And again, it was a huge hit amongst the players and the fans, but it was brought to the attention in the center stage by an up-and-coming talent in 2003 with a very special green and gold colorway for St. Vincent St. Mary's. That player was also seen wearing the T-Mac 1, but he was experimenting with the T-Mac 2. And so you could see it was transitioning from NBA talent to the next generation. And kids all across the country wanted to be like their favorite stars who were wearing T-Macs. And a cool thing about the T-Mac 2 as well is when T-Mac goes into the Hall of Fame, he does provide some shoes to the Hall of Fame in a variety of colors, and he does put one with the memory of a passing friend into the Hall of Fame who had been killed during his time with Orlando. A very nice gesture by T-Mac, a very down-to-earth guy, and provided the T-Mac 2 into the Hall of Fame as well. But then you get to 2004, and this is maybe the most iconic moment in the T-Mac line. This is the Tracy McGrady 3, the T-Mac 3. It's retroed a few times, so has the 1 and the 2, but it seems like the 3 is the one that always stands out. And to me, this was the first real sneaker moment I remember in my basketball knowledge at the time, because it wasn't until the end of 2003 that LeBron James gets drafted, and that's when I get into the LeBron sneaker line. But during this All-Star game, it's the T-Max. First of all, they go to this crazy flashy upgrade to this faux alligator print with this patent leather shine to it that not many players were experimenting with at the time. It also provided a new mold to the T-Max line. So the one and two, like I said, were very similar with the two being an upgrade. The three is more of that new mold, new upgrade new style to the T-Mac line. And you could also argue that this is the first real what the sneaker. Not on purpose, wasn't intended this way by Adidas, but 2004 All-Star Game, Tracy McGrady comes out and he's wearing two different colored sneakers, 
a red one on his left foot and a blue one on his right foot. Different colors of the T-Mac 3. And his reasoning behind it was he wasn't sure what colors they were going to be wearing. Were they going to be in the blue colorway? Was it going to be a red colorway? Were they going to be white for their all-star jerseys? So with his confidence, with his game and his swagger, of course he picked one of each. It was going to match. And the most amazing thing is if you look back at that game, T-Mac was a no-show sock guy for a little while. So no-show socks, just the patent leather, bright red and bright blue sneakers as he is coming down the lane, throws a lob off the backboard for the second time and slams it home. Davis flips it back, shot clock down to five, and ready for top. The backboard and it's put down. Tracy McGrady going glass. And this might be one of the best moments of that All-Star game is that lob and that sneaker colorway. And one of the best sneaker All-Star colorways of all time because it was the first time players started to experiment with their shoes. And also during this time, T-Mac also made a 3.5, this kind of half model, just to upgrade throughout the season, provide feedback. They're printing them out pretty quick. But the popularity of the three is might be pinnacle for the T-Mac line, as we've seen it retro so many times, that you don't see so much of the 3.5 or the later half sneakers. Then we get to something crazy in 2004. It's the only T-Mac that hasn't retroed yet. It's a significant design change in 2004. He's gone over to Houston. You can see sneaker technology is starting to speed up with the advancement of machinery and sneaker and shoe engineers and the external influences when designing a sneaker and all the data points when creating a performance-based model. Adidas introduces the HUG system in the T-Mac 4. That's correct. H-U-G, the HUG system. It was inspired after a downhill skiing boot. There were no laces in the T-Mac 4. And if you remember them, or you went into the store like I did and took a look at them, they were absolutely heavy. They might have been boots for all that matter. Because this technology, basically there is a lever in the heel that pulls back to about 90 degrees, just like a downhill skiing boot. So as you pull that back, you're tightening these cables and then you're snapping into place so that those cables are hugging around your foot to create that comfort and control. And then once it's that lever in the heel has been pulled back and then snapped back into place to be flush with the heel, there's a little dial on the top of that lever that you can turn clockwise or counterclockwise to increase or reduce the amount of pressure, how tight it is around your foot. The commercial for it is absolutely absurd. I'll post the commercial for it down in the show notes below and on my Twitter too this week. But it's unreal as there's no dialogue, but T-Mac is dribbling through this facility, this practice court. There's little mini airplanes, almost like he's Godzilla. They're trying to tangle him with this cord system, and he breaks through the traffic and slams it home. It is a wild commercial, but once again, a great sneaker commercial and it was fun to look back on. And you could see this technology was obviously revolutionary in the game because we saw it so much after. but. We did see one shining moment here with the T-Mac 4, and that's what led to his most iconic moment, one of them, when he scored 
13 points in 35 seconds to beat the San Antonio Spurs after being down eight in the TMAC four. And the reason why they haven't retroed again is I believe that the patent for these has probably lapsed. They moved on very quickly from this hugs technology. You didn't see it in many other shoes. It just didn't catch on. It was probably sunken cost, maybe lost some money in the research needed for that, but they were taking a chance and it was fun. If I could get my hands on a pair of those, I most definitely would, but it's hard to find them around. I mean, this is 2004. At this point, that's 17 years ago. And then, obviously, 2005, the TMAC 5. Another crazy refresh. The hug technology and the cables of the 4 did not work out, so we move on to the TMAC 5. It's got elements of the 3 and 4 design-wise, but they added the midfoot strap for lockdown and got rid of the cables, added laces, then added a synthetic leather for, once again, more control and more stability of the foot. And this one landed on the cover of Slam Magazine Kicks, which I have way too many Slam Magazines. I went through them recently and got re- or sold some, but try to keep the iconic moments. Slam Magazine, shout out to you if you're listening, sponsor the podcast. But T-Mac lands on the cover of Slam Magazine Kicks, with the TMAC 5, and it reminds me a lot of the Nike Mike Vic 3. Just in the construction, the time frame, the materials, the strap, they look very similar. And TMAC is performing well in the 5. Again, another huge moment for TMAC is on Houston, he lands a massive poster over number two pick featured in Space Jam, Sean Bradley. And if you aren't familiar with Sean Bradley, he is seven foot six. And so T-Mac slammed one home on Sean Bradley, the iconic highlight for the T-Mac five, a great moment for T-Mac and shout out Sean Bradley. Earlier in 2021, he was hit by a reckless driver while Sean Bradley was on his bicycle. And in this hit and run, the driver obviously took off. Sean Bradley being 7'6", a very big human, suffered pretty severe injuries with his spinal cord and was paralyzed for eight weeks with that spinal cord injury. Working through it, so shout out to Sean Bradley. Hope the dude's feeling better. And then lastly, 2006, the T-Max 6. This is one of my most favorite Adidas basketball shoes. I played in this shoe a lot growing up. I had a red and black colorway, but to me, the one that stands out is the Vegas All-Star colorway. It's got gold on the heel and the forefoot with the four suits of playing cards on the toe in that gold, and then you get the green hints for his logo. It was an absolutely phenomenal shoe. It brought in all of this new tech with the ground torsion control and go-fit cushioning on it. Again, T-Mac sustaining injuries throughout his career, and nothing crazy happens with the T-Mac 6. But personally, to me, one of my more favorite colorways, and I think it highlights the T-Mac logo the best. And that T-Mac logo, you know, we touched on earlier the first iteration with the Lithicon PE, but from the 1 through the 6 and all of his player editions after, T-Mac logo basically created a hoop. It used the T in the middle as the kind of the rim in the middle of the net. 
and then an M to make the rest of the net and a one at the bottom to make obviously the bottom of the net. A really clever design and it was super successful not only with the Houston Rockets connection and the Chinese Asian market, but that logo was also very appealing over there as well. It slapped on a ton of merch. It was everywhere. One of, Like I said, one of the greatest logos in sneaker history or player history is that T-Mac logo. And as I said, T-Mac goes on to play in a variety of additional Adidas basketball sneakers throughout his career and overseas in China, we do see a retro for just about every single T-Mac, one through six, except for the T-Mac four. There was a T-Mac four and a half, similar to the three and a half, but you never saw too much light of day with that one. And so maybe Adidas Basketball brings back the T-Mac line. I hope they bring back the T-Mac six in that Vegas all-star colorway. And one of those things, if it pops up, I wouldn't be opposed to trying to purchase it. But we did see them retro the ones. We've seen them retro the threes over the past few years. And so they're still keeping him in top of mind. He's still happy with what he's done with Adidas. They came out recently with a new updated model of a T-Max silhouette. So the relationship is still good. I still hope they continue to produce those T-Mac and honor his legacy as a Hall of Famer and what he did for the game and transcended into that next generation. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Tracy McGrady sneaker line. Whether you had a favorite model or a favorite T-Mac moment or what if scenario, I would love to hear it. You can check that out over on Twitter. Send me a message. Send me a tweet. That's going to be at Julian the Gray on Twitter. I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into cool content and upcoming releases. Damn straight. Woo. Hey, nani, nani. Talking hey, nani, nani. Come on. So this week for cool content, I watched skateboarding last weekend in the Olympics. It was stellar. The girls absolutely crushed it. I wasn't a huge fan of the female scoring system as they're trying so hard and landing these absolutely gnarly tricks, sending it down 12 stairs onto giant Shogun handrails that they would do all this effort and perform a killer trick and then are seeing on the scoreboard a four. So You know, there's some things that can be made, but it was super fun to see there. Shout out to the women's three-on-three basketball team, Kelsey Plum. They've been crushing it. They won the gold medal there. That was fun to catch those games, super fast-paced, and really fun way to watch basketball opposed to the norm. The other thing that happened this week, we saw the Travis Scott 1 fragment release, and those prices are absolutely ridiculous. And some of these consignment shops that did raffles saying everything was fair, well... We doth not purchase it, Slick Willie. We doth not purchase it. For the prices that we're seeing those go for, I'm almost sure there's some backdooring that was happening there. Granted, the demand is absolutely through the roof for there because of that resale price. People not even in sneakers heard about this and wanted in. We did the travels raffle. A ton of demand was happening there. And for me... Not my favorite colorway of the Travis one. I have the original colorway sitting in my closet. I can't decide if I want to wear it. I would love to, but I'd also kind of be amiss if I did wear it. And that value was, you know, a small payment on something of a thousand to two thousand dollars. One of the plights of being into sneakers and wanting to wear them and buying everything in your size is sometimes those values. It's hard to justify wearing them. Make a quick return. It's not my purpose when I buy them. I always do plan on 
on wearing them, but it is something I struggle with and I'm sure a lot of you out there struggle with as well. But with that being said, we're going to take up the upcoming sneaker releases for July 1st through July 7th. <laughs> These are the new Jordans. That's it, huh? So on July 1st, we get to see the Nike Woman's Air Force One Shadow and Sisterhood. It's kind of this beige cream colorway. A nice Air Force One. Don't like how they've added the second air strap ish thing to the heel but it is a nice colorway we do also get to see the nike acg mountain fly low flash crimson this is a, a unique and fun looking shoe not my style but it is a good looking silhouette from nike and their all conditions gear line on august 3rd you get the nike dunk high woman's aluminum a lot of dunks coming out and i'm starting to get tired of seeing them i don't know necessarily what it is or the zeitgeist behind it they are you know minimal appealing colorways that are easy to get into but you know i wish they would test some out other waters elsewhere um, in terms of the nike dunk line then we get to see a new jordan on the fifth this is the jordan air nfh raton not sure it reminds me a lot of the delta and props to jordan for taking chances with their sneakers Eventually, one of these is going to hit and it's going to take up some of that market from what Retros is doing so they don't have to keep just pushing out the same colorways all the time. To be honest, I just wish they put out one colorway, a classic colorway of a shoe, and that was always on shelves. And that'd be perfectly fine for me. Then we get the NERD Adidas NMD Human Race. Good to see another Human Race coming out. The hype for these used to be absolutely peak mount everest high and now it seems to have died down quite a bit it is a comfortable shoe if you're able to get your hands on a pair a lot going for under retail and a lot of great colorways on StockX. so the nerd adidas nmd human race does come out on the 6th if you are interested we do see a Kyrie 7 copa and speaking of Kyrie, i don't know why i didn't add this earlier but Kyrie is not happy with the 8 model there's a lot of variables that could be going into play to that issue he could have not have had as much input down the line as he'd like to due to being caught up elsewhere. And Nike having deadlines and having to create a shoe with a person in contract may have rattled through without his permission. Or maybe there's been contract disputes going on for a while. And through this contract, they're still continuing to push out these Kyries. We'll see how that relationship goes. There's rumors he may want to start his own brand. But that's also a very tough task. We've seen it a few times with different sneakers. And it's millions of millions of dollars to get that done correctly at the scale that Kyrie would need to to please his fans. It is the best-selling shoe in the NBA. He has to if he's going to come out with a line and continue what he wants to do. And Nike's been helping with is give to the masses in a variety of opportunities is if he were to go his own line, really put the funds together to do so and maybe that money comes from a chinese brand such as Li Ning with way of wade and allows him the freedom to do what he would like there and provide that quantity we'll see like i said a lot of variables in that Kyrie situation then again on the sixth we see the levi's new balance 992 a cool minimal new balance colorway Still, New Balance is not for me, but I'm sure those will fly. It's a great looking shoe. 
from New Balance in that collaboration. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode on the T-Mac signature sneaker line and the history, or you're just looking forward to those upcoming releases. And if I forgot one, let me know. Again, I'm on Twitter, at Julian the Gray. I appreciate your time. I hope you have a great week and we'll catch you next time.